0: Now, let's get to the heart of the matter. friends, I just want to shout out y'all right now. You are amazing. Each one of you have been so incredibly supportive of us. You've left us the most amazing and gracious reviews you constantly share on Instagram about us, which helps us grow so much. You are why we keep on doing this. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Let me just say every review matters so much and it helps us. So if you haven't written us a review, you can do so on iTunes. It would mean the world to us and it would help us to continue to get this message out there. Now today, I'm so excited to invite my dear friend back onto the podcast, Mike Foster. If you don't remember, we actually had an episode earlier last year talking about how to foster deeper connection and intimacy in your dating life. Mike is such a wonderful human being. He's one of my favorite humans. He's actually a best-selling author, a speaker, and he's also such an advocate for broken and messy people, just like me and probably just like you. Also, he has an incredible podcast called Fun Therapy, which if you haven't heard of it, you have to go check it out. I had the pleasure of being on it during season three, and we had just had such a good life-giving conversation. I was so honored. So I hope you guys go and take a listen to that episode. Mike also has a book that he published with his wife, Jennifer, called Five Dates. It's a his and her workbook to help couples connect. I've personally used this, friends, and I can tell you it's been so impactful in my dating life just to foster deeper gratitude, connection, and overall more understanding. I could not recommend it to you more, especially if you're currently dating. Now, today, we are diving into the topic of codependency. So many of y'all have asked about this, so get ready. We dive into it, and actually, Mike and I both admit to being recovering codependent, so there is a lot to say about it. If you aren't sure what it is, or if you want to know more about the symptoms and how to recognize and heal from it, you're going to just learn so much today from Mike sharing his heart and wisdom on this topic. Okay, friends, get ready for this incredible episode. I am so excited to share it with you. Mike, I'm so excited to have you on today. Thank you so much. Thanks for
1: letting me be here. <laughs> In your I house. always love talking with you.
0: Yeah, this is such a joy. You are our first, I think, Mike, you're our true first repeat guest on Heart of Dating, actually. Oh my
1: gosh, really? So,
0: yeah, I didn't think I told you that.
1: I feel really honest <laughs> right now.
0: We had someone else who was kind of on a group interview and then separately with his wife, but you are like our first solo, solo repeat.
1: Well, that, <laughs> th- that feels really good inside right now. My little heart's just warmed up, so thank you.
0: <laughs> well, it's my pleasure. The last episode, too, people keep reposting it. It was so awesome. And if you guys missed it, we talked about just connection and how to foster deeper connection with your, in your relationships. Mm. And you and your wife, Jennifer, have an amazing book called Five Dates. So we kind of talked about that. Yes. Maybe share a little bit uh, what Five Dates is just in case people didn't hear that episode.
1: Yeah. It's a a workbook for couples, dating, engaged, married. And it's a five-step process where you go out on five dates and you work through five key topics that help bring connection to your relationship Mm -hmm. and togetherness to your relationship. I think the main sort of difference Mm -hmm. and approach for us in terms of how we write and create things is... It made it really easy it it yeah. sets couples up to win. I think a lot of times relationship development tools can be either complicated or stir up a lot of negative things. They want you right. to work on your problems and we're our whole um, angle is don't don't work on your problems, work on your togetherness, like mm. build a a positive foundation. for your relationship. And most couples have, most couples have chronic problems. I mean, it's just, that's, that's a part of being in relationship. And yet they often, they can identify the problem, but they, they missed the, the really beautiful, wonderful things that actually exist in the relationship because, Mm -hmm. um, there's a lot of good in the relationship too, but we have, so we, we try to pivot from couples focusing on problems Mm. To focusing on what's what's going right in the mm. relationship and start there. Even it's very simple things. So uh every relationship
0: has a few things that <laughs> that are working and to mm-hmm. to build off of that. And practicing gratefulness, actually, like that is so good. I think my stepmom sent me this quote. I don't know where it's from, but it was something along the lines of it's not happiness that makes us grateful, it's gratefulness that makes us happy. Yes. And when we just focus on that, look, I'm ha- Am I happy? Am I not happy? But what am I grateful for in this, re- in my mm. relationship with my partner? It can be so powerful when you sit back and you're like, well, for the last month, what did this person do? What am I grateful for? Mm-hmm. Or fostering that in the dates, you know? And so I love that.
1: I would always say, that, you know, it's, it's so easy to find the dirt in people, but mm. it, it takes a, uh, it takes a little work to find the gold. But if yeah. you, if you come at it from a, uh, point of view of gratitude, mm. of, of appreciation, yeah. of, uh, thankfulness for, for my partner, um, you'll find gold there yeah. and, and the problems right. tend to hijack the relationship, right. right Versus going like, Hey, let's, let's, let's work on what's working. And, yeah, that's uh, good. so that it's kind of a, a shift and it's been really popular and couple, it's really helped so a lot of couples. Um, we've had, you know, almost 20,000 couples do it wow, this year. that's amazing. And I'm so grateful. And it's simple. You know, it's like it's kind of built it's for fun, guys too. Yeah, you know, like it's guy like friendly. a five-minute read. Like yeah, it says all really of it. Like tells easy, you how long it's really going to take. Easy, so. It's
0: so fun. You can doodle. You can do little fun things. I love it. Yeah. Thank um, you. and some other amazing things you're working on. So a few months ago, I was a part of the amazing rescue academy, yes. which is such a pleasure that you hosted a few times a year, right?
1: Yeah, we do uh, I do about five or six here in San Diego where mm-hmm. we live. And then I'll usually do about five or six private events across the country. Then that's where organizations will bring me in and do the uh, teaching and the training there and so, oh, two, so cool. two days together and we we had it was so oh, was wonderful so having you there
0: oh that class was so great like everyone was so I just it was such a great time if you if anyone listening has the opportunity to go definitely check it out where can they go to check it out
1: uh, just rescueacademy.com okay yeah.
0: it's just incredible because you go through there's seven different series or I think something yeah. like yeah I don't I'm yeah, I'm remember you know
1: every every, every every training's a little bit different because we really try to it's it's interactive right um, it's yep. not just me teaching the whole time or yeah it's um, so sometimes the the students set the agenda in terms yeah. of what we talk about and so we talk about all the way from couples counseling to shame to uh, how our bodies um, yeah need to be honored in terms mm-hmm. of um, self-care it just How to be a good heart handler. That's what we teach people how to, like, whether you're coaching, counseling people, whether you're Mm. trying to help a friend, we we literally just show you the best practices Mm. to do that. And I always tell people it's 50% Mm. leadership development, it's 50% personal development. And uh, we do
0: both. And I definitely got a lot out of it on both sides. And so, one topic I like that we're going to dive into today that you brought up at Rescue Academy was. The idea of codependency. And Mm -hmm. I will be honest, I think I heard the word a few times before the Rescue Academy. But when you said it and you kind of defined what that meant and – I, you even recommended some books to read mm-hmm. on it. And I was like, I need to look at this because it sounds like I'm probably that, mm. or I've done, I've had those tendencies in the past. And so over the last few months, I've definitely dove in and it's so eye opening. And now I've realized, oh my gosh, more people, I'm this, I'm a recovering codependent. Like, let me admit that. And I think a lot of people, more people are actually codependent than they realize as well. And so, I think also when you add it into dating, and a lot of people have messaged when I've posted clips about this or any sort of quotes, they're like, wow, that's, that." I'm definitely, I can so relate to that. Mm. Where did you get this? What are you talking about? I'm like, well, this is this thing called codependency. Um, and people don't want to admit that they maybe are because it doesn't sound like a great word, right? <laughs> like <laughs> codependent, what does this mean? Yes. Um, so can you maybe describe to us what that, what it means? Like what does this term codependent mean?
1: Yeah, well, for, for, for I have to, I have to <laughs> confess too that I <laughs> am a convention. codependent. Uh I'm in I'm in a 12-step group uh that that meets a couple of times a month. And uh, you know, it's amazing how our relationships can be very much Mm -hmm. defined by codependency and we don't even realize it. Right. And most of what's happening is it is our need, our deep desire and need to be loved Mm -hmm. and to be wanted. Mm. And we that need drives us to do unhelpful or unhealthy things Mm -hmm. in our relationships Mm. and so a codependent relationship is one where i i need you to need me i need you to love me i need Mm. you to like me Mm. uh and at the and we that those themes and those ideas cause us to actually compromise ourselves And so what happens is relationships, whether it's dating relationships, friendship relationships, family relationships, big, lots of codependency around family relationships. We get our identity enmeshed in somebody else's identity, right? And all of a sudden, their success and their what they're doing is a direct reflection on my value. Mm. And so let me take a simple example, like. A mom raising kids mm, okay that's good yeah so those those are those can become very codependent mm-hmm. uh, relationships because we want to see our kids succeed we want them mm-hmm. to thrive we want them to be the best that they can be and and what we don't realize is that their performance quote unquote performance right. or their success um, often becomes a direct Reflection of how we parent mm. and whether we're a good parent or not.
0: Right, exactly. And
1: again, it's it's some external thing uh, that is um, informing our personal value. Mm-hmm. And so, what we just start getting in these relationships, start doing things, we start compromising ourselves, mm. and then the re- the relationship gets can be. All kinds of levels of dysfunction around us, okay? <laughs> yes. there, there's, there's some codependent relationships that are just toxic, right? Yeah. And we, we certainly should talk about that, those, yeah. those types of relationships. But there's also relationships that are just maybe kind of a low-grade fever. Yeah. And there's kind of low codependency. But still, we, we want to be recognizing that mm. in terms of how we think, what we say, mm. codependency impacts our boundaries in a big way. And so, um, you know, most of us are at some level in some codependent relationships. And so Mm -hmm. talking about it, being aware of it, um, making some shifts in terms of how we interact with each other is really important. Family, dating, marriage, whatever it might be, whatever the relationship is.
0: And so what's interesting is, this is where it's like I wanted to do this episode to bring that awareness in some way, in whatever way I can, because it's it we're we're not very aware of it. We're having these feelings, we're acting certain ways, and we don't really know that it's because of this almost like a desire to control someone. There's a lot of mm-hmm. control element in it as well. Yes. Um, which least, is a
1: which is a manifestation of fear. Mm, control always, yeah, always comes weird. from a fear. Like I'm afraid again, taking this parent, I'm afraid my kids might fail. So I begin to control them Mm. or, um, I'm afraid this relationship might fail. Mm -hmm. So I start controlling them to make sure that we're working, you know, Mm -hmm. that this thing's going to work. And it, it, it's all around fear and really our own value or just the sense of, um, are we enough?
0: The core of all of who we
1: feel like we are.
0: Are we enough? (laughs) So, okay, and do, establishing some of like, what are some of the signs or patterns maybe? Like, what happens that maybe people can start recognizing, oh, wow, I'm doing that, or I'm, hmm. I'm, that's a pattern I'm experiencing in my relationship, or those are some of the feelings I'm having, or what have you. Can you maybe identify some? Well, you
1: of that? brought one of the best ones is just controlling. Yeah. any Anytime we're trying to control or fix somebody, that is a codependent behavior, yeah. um, where, uh, we need them to behave a certain way. We need them to do something in a particular way. Anytime we are mm-hmm. looking to control somebody else, that is a codependent behavior. Mm-hmm. One of the things that we talk about in, in Rescue Academy is always ask, use the question or a self-reflection question of is, do I care about the problem more than they care about the problem? Mm-hmm. And anytime that dynamic is where you're caring more about the problem, then the right. individual is caring about the problem, then that's a codependent structure there. And so I control for sure is, um, controlling, fixing mm-hmm. is just classic.
0: And I think you can kind of almost blanket that with like, Oh, well I'm helping them. Right. It's right. like, it's like this good deed of like, Oh, but I'm helping them do X, Y, Z things. So that's noble. You yes. know, I feel like at least knowing myself, that's what happens.
1: Well and that's that's where you know the topic that we did talk about in the workshop is intention. Mm. In our intention uh, when we are beginning this desire to help people because helping people is a good thing, right? It's a good desire. Um it's honorable. Yeah. But if we're if our intention is that I'm helping this person because I need to get something from this. Mm. And whether that mean like I feel safer now or I feel better about myself now or I look better now, like what that intention is a codependent intention. Mm. It's okay to help people. It's okay to give. It's okay to serve and love and, and try to help people. But we really have to check that intention part of like, how, why am I engaging in this work? And yeah. so often it's because not we don't actually really want to help the person. It's We're operating from some emptiness or some deficiency or some fear that's living inside of our own heart.
0: So control is a huge one. What mm-hmm. are maybe some other signs that someone might be codependent?
1: So compromising your own boundaries mm. um, is a big one where you sacrifice yourself on behalf of others. Now, one of the things that um, – Anytime we're in over giving Mm -hmm. or over responsibility, uh, areas, like it's okay to give, it's okay to take responsibility. What's not okay is when we over give and we're actually crossing a boundary. Like we're giving too much. That's Mm. again, you, you have to check your own heart. You have to go like,
0: (sighs) that's one, that one's hard. Yeah. Am
1: I? Am I full access to this person? Like this person can call me at 2 a.m. and and that's okay. I'll
0: always answer. I'll yeah. I,
1: always answer. I uh, I'm always there. I'm always showing up. Mm. I'm always the first one in the, you know, when the emergency happens. You mm. know, it's like that that tends to be like overgiving and we're crossing mm. and we're breaking our own boundaries. And so a lot of times what happens in these codependent uh relationships is we do overgive we take too much take too much responsibility for this person's health or this person's success or what yeah. what have you and what happens is that eventually leads to cynicism anger mm-hmm. um, and I, I just it builds up to the point where yeah. don't they appreciate what i'm doing? doing for them yeah so if you if you, if that phrase is rumbling around in your head at all in terms of a relationship why doesn't this person appreciate me more for Mm. what I'm doing for them? It's classic sign that you are in a codependent. You are over giving here and you need to stop. Um, And so I just say like, if you're feeling resentment, cynicism in the relationship, you're over giving over responsibility, controlling, fixing, breaking your own boundaries. Here's one that I I see happen a lot with people Mm. is the unwillingness to say the truth. So, if you're holding back words mm-hmm. that you know are true that you believe are true that um, maybe represent your heart or your feelings about mm-hmm. something, but you hold it back in order to protect them or the relationship oh, yeah. that's a codependent thing like we we need to healthy relationships are relationships where you share from your heart right. okay and not and are not afraid to do that. Mm. Codependent relationships are, oh, I can't say that because that might hurt their feelings and might mm. might uh destabilize the 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 relationship here.
0: Right. Because then in the end that would affect them, that person. It mm-hmm. would be like, well, then it would be destable, not as stable. And then that would I would feel unsafe,
1: maybe. Yeah. And, a, and a lot of times again, you're you're basically saying this other person's needs are more important than your needs. This person's emotional state is more important than my emotional state. And we operate that way. And that's where the cynicism and anger and resentment builds up Mm. because that you can only do that for so long.
0: Right. So in this, in codependency and recognizing all of those different, not triggers, but symptoms of codependency, what actually is happening, it seems that we again, we folk hyper-focus on the other person's issues and in turn it drives ourselves down, right? Mm-hmm. And so it would seem that probably the the plausible thing to do is somehow we need to separate ourselves from their issues and from the outcome of whatever their issues might be. So how can we do this? How can we practice detachment?
1: Yeah. Well, that, that's right. I mean, that you, what you described there is exactly... I am not responsible for somebody else's outcomes. Mm-hmm. That's a very healthy,
0: mm-hmm.
1: uh, you know, when you can say that, when you can just release the detach yourself from somebody's success or failure mm-hmm. or whether they do the work or not do the work in their own lives, that's actually health. And, um, you know, I, I'm a big believer in, your radical grace and compassion mm-hmm. for people and, and I love people and empathize and accept people but I cannot do other people's work for them mm. I expect them to do that and'm I'm, so I'm a big champion of radical ownership
0: right I radical
1: responsibility yeah. and so um, a lot of times our our love for people what what seems love is really we're just enabling them to continue in in poor behavior mm. whatever it might be, destructive behavior dysfunctional behavior, allowing them to treat us a particular way because mm. um, like I, I I think one of the, again one of the things that for me I was such a people pleaser mm. such like I just wanted to be liked, I just wanted to be loved, I just wanted to be a part of something, and i didn't w- want to mess that up mm. and that this is this is sort of the the um <clears throat> You know, why I'm in to tw- co- go co- 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 to 12 step yeah. is that this is ingrained in my DNA. It's mm-hmm. how I approach the world. And most of this stuff starts from early childhood families mm-hmm. that we grew up with the traumas that we've experienced, mm-hmm. the, the rejection, the hurt, all of that causes us to begin to operate in codependent ways. Right. And so for me, one of the things that happened in my relationships mm-hmm. was I lost my voice. Mm-hmm. Other people's voice was way more important than what I had to say. Hmm. Other people's needs were way more important than Mike Foster's needs. Hmm. And uh, w- one of the things that, that came from all of that is just this deep, deep level of exhaustion. Right. Like, this is not a way to live. Hmm. This is not a way to do relationships. Hmm. And so... You know, as, I, as I put myself more on a path of, like, I can love you. And I do. I love people. I, I want the best mm-hmm. for people. I care deeply about people. Um, but I refuse to um, take responsibility for their life. Because mm-hmm. when I do, I, right. I, I, I just compromise who I am mm-hmm. at that point. I also know that it's not sustainable in my life. And I know I'm slipping back into my codependent, people-pleasing, just scared that I might be kicked out of the party. So yeah. I'm just going to be, I'm going to be the yes man or the yes woman. Mm. Um, and so getting reflective mm. on that and realizing that this isn't sort of, like, it is kind of a, you know, it feels like a, like a negative thing, but it's actually a thing that when we talk about codependency, we actually need to have a lot of compassion for it mm. because we're just trying to survive. Right. We're just trying to um, meet some of the deepest needs inside of us uh, through these behaviors and through the, these structures that we put in place in terms of our relationships.
0: And so in rad- I love this term radical ownership because it's like I... And I remember something you said is like, you also have to be okay with being misunderstood sometimes. Mm -hmm. And so if you say, you know, if it's coming from a true place in your heart, not like, oh, well, okay, I didn't mean that. And oh, because they took it a specific way. Yes, Um, I think that happens a lot in relationship. I also say that now to people when dealing with breakups, as long as you're coming to the table with so much grace and love and kindness and speaking truth, truth Mm -hmm. and love, you can't be responsible for how they receive the information. Nope. Um, so how do we so – tell us some of the ways that we can practice better radical ownership in our life, like taking ownership of like, if I'm feeling this way, what what is going on in me? How mm-hmm. can I take ownership of how I'm actually feeling instead of being like, well, you are making me this way, Yes. right?
1: Well, anytime, anytime we are pointing – to somebody else as the reason for my emotional state or for the reason why my life is in this particular state or place, that is, that is a disempowering, Mm. uh, position or place that we're putting ourselves in. Uh, the thing that I love about radical ownership and radical responsibility is like, I, I have a hundred percent say in what happens Mm. in my life. I always tell people, and they don't necessarily like to hear this, but I say, you are ridiculously in charge of your own life. <laughs> like, you could bring a, a thousand yes. different situations that will say, like, no, I'm not in charge of my own life. And basically, we could unpack that and mm-hmm. go, like, no, you still have a decision. You still have a, the, the decision here. Yeah. Now, listen, there are things that maybe health issues and certain things that sometimes um, there are certain, certain dynamics. But for the most part, you are ridiculously in charge mm-hmm. of your own life. And so I would like to show for, for me, I am so, uh, it's so easy for me to give over power. Mm. It's, and it, it mm. feels good for like a moment. It feels like blame is, you know, Brene Brown says, you know, blame is a quick way to discharge our pain. Right. Um, but it, it doesn't solve our pain. It doesn't heal our pain. It doesn't actually improve the situation. It just temporarily fixes it. So anytime I can move into ownership, anytime like, you know what, I'm not, it's forgiveness, right? Forgiveness is a, a great mm. sort of radical ownership thing because forgiveness is not about uh, the other person. It's actually about you.
0: Mm.
1: I'm releasing myself to actually move on. Mm. It has It doesn't have to have anything to do with what this person did or them right. making amends or them, you know saying they're sorry it's like no i'm making the decision over here to forgive for me
0: Right.
1: so wow. that that's an empowering thing for me and so mm. looking at your life and in figuring these mm. these areas of like where am i giving away power where am i giving away responsibility and we're doing that a lot i mean we can blame our boss we can blame the government we can blame <laughs> our parents like blame her we can blame that comment on twitter facebook like <laughs> All, all these things and it's like you're giving away power, you're disempowering mm. yourself and that, but so I like to say, you know, just look for ways to take take it back, mm. and codependency is a great like again, you're giving away power to another person mm. their success or their their life is more important than than your life and and I just don't i think looking for for those. Those dynamics, yeah. those habits, those thoughts that we uh, feel good and we're actually really comfortable with, yeah. the thing about my my codependent brain is it actually makes a lot of sense, mm. and I can justify it all day long like oh this is yeah, this is what Jesus would do or this is, this is the nice thing to do or... But really it's like, it's all coming from, from a lot of darkness and a lot of the trauma and the pain in my life. And it's like, like no, no, no. I need to think clearly about this. Mm. Um, I don't have to live this way or I don't... You know, if you're caught in drama, constant drama in relationships, it's like, that is your choice. Mm. And so, um, you know, to empower and take radical responsibility and ownership of your life, Actually, says you are healthy.
0: Friends, okay, exciting news. So, through all of my podcast conversations, meeting with pastors, speakers, and authors, the reading of every relationship book under the sun, coupled with my own 15 years of dating experience, I have realized that I am bursting at the seams with knowledge and insight. So, I took everything I learned throughout my 15 years of dating experience and I created something amazing. And I'm excited to be introducing it to you today via the Date Great course. The Date Great course is a time for you to dive into transforming your dating life. I will equip you over a five week time span with the knowledge, tools, and insight you need to love your dating life again and find a healthy, lasting Christian relationship. In Module 1, we're going to talk about how singleness is not a disease. We'll discuss how we can steward this time well to cultivate holy ambition and develop disciplines that will set us up for marriage. In Module 2, we'll talk about what is dating anyway, and we'll go over an awareness of your real intentions and ambitions in dating. I will also give you a framework for the various stages of dating, how to navigate each one, and how to initiate different kinds of conversations. In module three, we'll talk about dating essentials. We'll talk about how to know you're dateable, what qualities do you need to have, and then what kind of qualities do you really need to look for in someone else? What kind of a list should you have? Lastly, in module four, we're gonna talk about how do you know that you know as we walk through the discernment process and truly determining if you want to spend your life with someone. We will also discuss breakups and how to handle them on either side. There will also be bonus content, including the Ultimate Dating Essentials Checklist, the Top Secrets to Initiating, the Love Thyself Guide, and the Ultimate Breakup Bible Study and Prayer Guide. I am giving Heart of Dating listeners the chance to get on a special list to have first access to this course. You can visit heartofdating.com slash date great to reserve your spot today. I have so much hope and excitement for all of you. I really don't want you to have to go through all the pain, destruction, and frustration I went through. You are ready for freedom and breakthrough and an amazing relationship. So visit heartofdating.com slash date great. Something you brought up like right before this was just the self-sacrifice in this. Mm -hmm. So I think when it comes to romantic relationships, we're giving away power, right? And when we're codependent, what is the balance? Because when you're in a romantic relationship, what I often find is there has to be a level of self-sacrifice too. There is a level of that. And what I often find, it's hard to find the balance of being sacrificial, practicing sacrificial love, but also creating boundaries, also still taking care of ourselves. Mm -hmm. And that's where I think most couples, myself included, mess up the most. Like I'm overgiving, but then I'm overgiving with an expectation potentially. Mm -hmm. Or where do I? How do I know? Like, is this a situation where I do just kind of have to lay down my needs for this other person? Like, how do we balance that in relationship? Because getting into the thick of relationships, I find that this is like what trips people up sometimes the most.
1: Yeah. So, in order to have a healthy relationship, you have to have two healthy people.
0: Hmm. It,
1: it, it's just kind of a, a common sense thing. But I always encourage people in terms of marriage, dating, whatever, that. You working on yourself and you making sure that you're practicing self-care, that you're having your needs um, be spoken about in the conversation with Mm -hmm. your partner, Um, you doing things for you, Mm -hmm. that actually is an investment into your relationship because you're like, uh, I'm going to, I'm, if I'm healthy, I'm going to be able to participate in a healthy relationship. Mm -hmm. If I'm unhealthy, I mean, or I'm codependent in this relationship, that's not going to end well yeah. for both, for both of you. And so, um, you know, giving, sacrificing, absolutely. I mean, that's, mm-hmm. that's a big part of who we are and what we should be doing in our relationships, but giving from an overflow, giving from health, giving from a place of real love and not codependent love. Right. That's the type of giving and sacrificing that we need to be a part of.
0: Oh, my gosh. It's just making me personally reflect right now, like, how many times do I actually act out of codependent love versus real love? Like, if I'm being honest with myself, I can say, oh, my intentions are good. But then when I really dive in, sometimes you're like, actually, was my true intention of saying that or doing that because I actually wanted something from that person? Mm -hmm. Or because if they do that, then I'll benefit from it in the end. And it's a fascinating, like really getting into, and what I know you say this all the time, but I try to practice like being curious with myself. Like, yes. why is that happening? Why is my brain going to those defaults? Um, am I actually being manipulative right now? Where am I not getting my me- needs met, but I'm forcing this other person to meet those needs? And how can I maybe do that on my own? How can I practice more self-care? How can I connect more with God? Um, and being curious with yourselves, because obviously sometimes when we're not, we're just like, "Oh, let me. I need that other person to fill all these voids in my life. I need them to do that. I'm not even going to think about where it's coming from. I just know my needs are being met, or I feel this specific way. Mm. So I'm going to put it on the other person to do yes. everything."
1: And that's that's again a d- very disempowering. That's that's sort of blaming. Right. It's giving uh, the responsibility mm. to somebody else, and that's. Um, it just never ends well. And I think mm. if we can just, to your point, be more curious about why am I doing this? Or why am I tolerating this? Mm. Why am I holding these words back in the relationship? Why am I holding these needs? Why am I not willing to talk about these particular needs with uh, my partner or my spouse or my girlfriend or boyfriend? Like, what, why are you unwilling? And that type of reflection or the, that type of curiosity is actually where we can begin to move towards the freedom Mm -hmm. from codependency. Yeah. Um, we get most, most of this stuff, by the way, is happening in a unconscious Mm. place. It's, it's become so ingrained in who we are, how we do things, Mm. how we interact that we're actually quite unaware of what um, we're doing. Right. And so that, that, compassionate curiosity about like, why why did I feel the need to um, pick up that phone call when I didn't want to pick up that phone call uh, from my my friend who was calling at mm. two o'clock in the morning? Like, why do you feel that pressure? Why did I, in that small moment, um, say that thing so people would like me in that moment versus saying what was true or what I was really feeling in mm. that moment? Yeah, those Those kinds of questions and that type of Um, I always say curiosity. It's not an interrogation. It's not a judgmental thing. We don't need more judgment or shame on ourselves. But it's just like, I wonder why or isn't that interesting? Mm. Um, And that's a better position of actually discovering some of the codependent behaviors that we're in.
0: And then we can create once we've identified it then we can say okay well wh- how can i heal from this mm-hmm. or how can i create better boundaries it like gives you the empowerment so i say like that's a huge step in this process like figure out why be curious with yourself like why are you feeling that way why yeah. are you acting that way why are you so overly invested on the performance or what that other person's doing um, and,
1: and and honestly it, to me the why and and, and let's always start here mm-hmm. the why is I want to be loved. Mm. That is the deepest need in every single one of us. I want to be loved. And so codependency is just a framework and a system that helps us feel loved. Mm. Unfortunately, it's a very destructive system. It's a system that has a lot of downside to it. Mm. But just, and again, this is the compassion towards ourselves. We do these things, or maybe you've been in a, in a, uh, toxic relationship or an abusive relationship or, um, you know, you're innate and becoming an enabler in an addictive, uh, relationship. It, mm-hmm. it is all driven by just our desire to be loved. I mean, it's just the most simple, um, yeah. root of everything. And so getting curious about where am I not being loved or where do I not feel love or where are the, the deficiencies of love in my life And for us to begin to work on those things and orient around those things will help break the chains of codependency.
0: Mm. That's so beautiful. Figure out which areas, how can we find more love in our life? Mm -hmm. How can we actually embrace that? And where are we lacking in it? What will actually fill that most, like understanding God's love? Mm. Usually in my life, the biggest times of brokenness have been, okay, i Do I really understand God's love? Like, do I actually know what that... I mean, I can say, like, God loves me. God is love. Like, amazing. But what does that really mean for us? How do we actually experience that? Um, That's been hugely helpful for me, uh, even in this process of analyzing the codependency. Okay, so in this there's one thing that we get a lot of questions from people they write in so many amazing things and one question I see popping up over and over again is being spiritually equally yoked okay and in this scenario a lot of partners write into me being like I feel like I'm spiritually further along than my partner right and they want to get their partner to go to church more or pray more or whatever it is and mm-hmm. people write this to me all the time <laughs> and while being equally yoked is Im- right how can we sometimes end up forcing or controlling these situations right which is more codependent but you still want the outcome of being equally yoked so i'm just like i it's hard for me even to know exactly how to respond to people when they write this in but how do we navigate those situations where someone might be still might be growing which is amazing but they might not look like what that partner actually wants at this moment in time yes this
1: may not be a popular statement that I'm about to make, but I'll go ahead and make it. Okay, um, I'll divorce myself of being liked right now. Um,
0: be okay being misunderstood. Yes,
1: I'm be be quite a right to be misunderstood here. But but religious people are the most codependent people I've ever met, mm. and uh, it is all sort of tied up in this spirituality mm. religion um the- theology mm. that actually leads to very very codependent behaviors on our, our part yeah um Obviously. you know, I always think about uh and then we talked about this in rescue academy he's like we love it we love the idea of Jesus dying on the cross and the mm-hmm. sacrifice that he made and that's sort of our model for how we are going to mm-hmm. do our lives and our relationships and how we're going to serve the world and we and and that's sort of a that is a amazing picture of sacrifice but number one I'm not Jesus you're not Jesus <laughs> um and number two we we so easily dismiss all the other things that Jesus did to actually uh, take care of himself right. and to allow people to make their own choices about about their lives yeah. um, i i always love um the story in the, the scriptures about uh the, the the man who was an invalid and a cripple at the healing pool in john yeah. 5 and, yeah. and jesus just asked him like do you want to get well
0: yeah do you want to get? do well? you
1: want to get well yeah and he was never forcing somebody to like he says, "Like, do you want to take ownership of your life?" Is basically what he's saying. But there was no force. There's no manipulation. There was no like, "I got to get th- I, this guy has to walk." That's what's got to happen here. I'm
0: gonna help, I'm gonna make him see I'm that gonna, he wants to walk. So, and, so totally. I'm gonna convince him.
1: So so like the mm. the religious stuff um, really can can infiltrate how we how we do relationship mm-hmm. in, in a negative way. And so, again, getting curious about why do I believe the things that I believe, like why do I need this person now I understand the Bible says that mm-hmm. Bible says a lot of things, by the way. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah lot there's, of lo- there's lots of things in the Bible. <laughs> some things I like, some things I really lock into and it's gotta be like, this has to happen like this. <laughs> and some it,
0: things I'm like, I'm just going to graze. Yeah. That, that
1: one. Well, not so, not so well, important. No. So like, let's just get curious about <laughs> like, why are we so attached to a particular concept mm. around, you know, equally yoked or whatever the yeah. theological idea mm-hmm. is. Um, And I do believe, like, I'm a big believer in, like, spirituality and how, you know, being aligned in those things actually play a a, a big role, but trying to... Fix or manipulate or get somebody to do something spiritually is still codependent. Yeah, <laughs> it's,
0: it's like done. I have a good intention though. Like the Bible says this, and this is what we should be doing. Right? Is that's how we can say it? It's like, totally. but this is what the Bible says. Oh my gosh, I've heard that so many times.
1: Yes, and that's I've
0: probably used it many times as well. And that's the real. intention.
1: That that's where we have to see. So like I could say hey, the Bible says this. And I'm not sure how we all of a sudden got on to talking theology like this, but good. it's like the Bible says this. Yes, it does say that. But how? why Why am I doing that? Am I doing that because I need God to think that I'm doing what the Bible says? Am mm. I doing it because I need God to love me or like me or think that I'm a good Christian or whatever, right. like that I'm following the rules? Like again, Or I
0: care about everybody else thinking that I'm the perfect model exactly, Christian. Exactly, all mm-hmm. of
1: that. So it's just like, I know the Bible says those things and and mm. and we love our Bible. We do. I do. <laughs> Kate does. Yes. But but like we let's get a little bit more curious, mm. curious about why we're leaning on certain things about what the Bible tells us to do. And especially in relationships, especially in friendships. You know, why mm. why are we engaging in certain things with people? It can't just be because the Bible says. Like, right. it's got to be a little bit more, um,
0: uh,
1: it's got it's to be more expansive than that.
0: I completely agree. And this is why it's like, okay, I understand. It's so hard for me to address these things with people. I'm like, all right, that's why we're having this conversation. Yeah. Cause like, I don't know all the answers ever. And it's about, and it comes off with really good intention, but it's just like, I don't know. I think.
1: Seemingly good intentions. Work
0: on yourself. Um, Don't force the other person in any way. Like that's, I guess that's like, we can only be radically owning what we're doing. And if I want spiritual growth, then I have to be focusing on my own spiritual growth, not the other person's. What I do always say in this is like, obviously if the person is not someone who wants to grow in any way, that's a red flag. Of course.
1: Of course. Yes.
0: Yes. If they never want to spiritually grow, if they never want to do like, grow at, as an individual, they don't have a teachable spirit, yes, you should end that most likely. That's probably not good.
1: I think anybody who's unwilling to do the work mm-hmm. of growth, of, um, you know, learning, you know, whether it be about spiritual things, things about themselves, things about, mm. you know, their their life, their ha- like, I w- don't be involved in a relationship of a person who's not looking to grow and isn't open to... But but the the problem is we have these timetables. We have these expectations right. of what growth should look like. <laughs> yes. um, and that's where it gets really messy.
0: Yeah. When you're like, oh, but this is what I wanted you to do. And this is the amount of time. I want it to be done in 30 yeah, days. And you're right. just like dragging your feet. So I'm going to continuously remind you, hey – about that thing yes. oh man i'm speaking from personal experience right here mike this is a really tough thing yeah
1: if you have this really clear picture in your head about how this <laughs> all is supposed to go with this particular person whether it's about their spiritual development or their yeah. personal development or how they should react how they should not react like if you got a really clear picture like this is what it's got to look like that's codependency like, It's that's control that's, control. <laughs> that's
0: like exactly it Oh my gosh, it's laugh. It's, I'm laughing because I'm sure so many people, including myself, can relate to this. I know you can, mm-hmm. but it's like, it's describing so much of the conversations I have personally with people too. It's like, but I want my boyfriend to do this, but he's not doing it. And yes. then it constantly comes up. And then he most likely feels like a failure because I'm bringing it up again. But like, I'm hyper focusing on it and I'm thinking about it every single day. But why isn't he thinking about mm-hmm. it? He's telling me on his day off that he's doing this but I think that he should really be thinking about this. Why? I brought it up so many times. It's like literally a conversation I had recently with someone. Yeah.
1: Uh, so, and and that's, those are really normal conversations that, and, and happen all the time. And what we, should, what we should be asking ourselves is not like, why are they doing this thing or why are they acting this way? It's like the better question is, why am I responding to their actions or activities or what they're saying in this way? Mm. I get more, and that, that's a much more important project than trying to get them to do something else. Like, why am I, why do I get so angry when they do this little habit? Mm. Why do I get so stressed Mm. when they don't behave a a, a particular way? That's our, that's what, that's when we start leaning into ownership. That's what, that's our own development. And a much more healthy project to be involved in than trying to fix somebody.
0: Okay. So on this exact point, there's a quote I want to read because I think it fully ties in. And it's from the book, Codependent No More by Melody Beattie. Oh, such a good book on this topic. So she says, and this one hit me when I just like so much of that book I have highlighted and underlined. But this one, I was like, gosh, yeah, this this needs to be said. But she says, sometimes no human being could be there for us the way we need them to be to absorb us, care for us and make us feel good, complete and safe. Sometimes no human being could ever mm-hmm. do that. And because of that, it's like we in hearing that, we have to learn how to take care of ourselves which, we, which we've touched on and how to address our own insecurities. So, what do you, how can we deal with our insecurities, do you think? Mm. Like what how do we do that because we project it in relationships. Yeah. We expect other people to take care of our insecurities.
1: Yeah. Well, all of it. And I love, I love that quote because it, it, it just, it, it summarizes that all of it for us to be happy it's, and to be fulfilled, and to, to feel loved. It's an inside job. Mm. It's not based on external things. It's not based on people loving us or needing us or, or helping them or mm. sacrificing for them. It's, it's all internal. And, and I, I just, so, to your question about how do we how do we deal with our insecurities? Welcome them. <sighs> right. It's That's scary. probably the first part. Yeah. It's like, you know what? I feel insecure. Mm. I give you a give you an um, example literally from yesterday. So my <laughs> wife and I are laying in bed and um it's been like an interesting season of change mm. for me and 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 there's a lot of instability in kind of mm. my life right now. Um, and I just, I'm sitting in bed. I'm like, I want to tell Jennifer that I'm feeling sad. That was the word that was mm-hmm. just like, I'm feeling sad and I want her to know that. But I literally laid in bed for about 20 minutes mm-hmm. having this internal dialogue about not telling my wife that
0: mm-hmm.
1: because I didn't want her to think I was weak or I didn't want her to think that or, or I didn't. I didn't know how she would respond. Like, would I feel comforter comforted by her? Mm-hmm. Like in that, like if I shared that, would she respond in like kindness or compassion, or would she like kind of like, well, what are we doing today? You know, kind of are we going to breakfast? Kind of thing, or you know, <laughs> so and, and and that wouldn't be how I would want her to respond. I would, and so. Like, I played this scenario through my brain for 20 minutes.
0: Like, I'm only going to say it if she responds this way.
1: Yeah, yeah. And just trying to control the outcomes, Mm -hmm. trying to control perceptions, trying to, I wanted to be something that I wanted, I didn't want to be sad. I wanted to be happy or I wanted to be, Mm -hmm. you know, encouraging or whatever the other emotion that I could think of I'd Mm -hmm. rather be. But after battling for 20 minutes in my head, I just said it. And it went, went so well. And it wasn't, what I realized is that wasn't about her.
0: Yeah.
1: It wasn't, what was important was about me getting those words out. Mm. And so for us, just like say, it's okay to battle in your mind for 20 minutes about saying something because you feel insecure or afraid, or you're wanting to control something. That's, that's pretty normal. Mm. Um, but, the way we grow mm. and the way that we push past the insecurities and how we quiet the insecurities is act, actually the action mm. and activity of pushing through those. Mm. And so, and that was a, again, it feels like a very small thing. Like this, like telling my wife who I've been married to for 23 years now, oh my God. that I was sad. Mm. Um, you know, that was a, that was a big deal, but I, I did it for my own, growth. I Mm. did it for my own heart. Mm. Um, And codependency told me not to say that. Mm. Um, Fear told me not to say that. Insecurity, Mm. people pleasing told Mm. me not to say that. I'm like, no, this is, this is my state of mind right now. And I think this person who I know loves me, who cares about me, Mm. um, needs to know this. Mm. And so, I always say like anytime we're afraid, it's engaging your body, engaging your voice, engaging another human being just to like, and not not say like I need this human being to respond a certain way Mm. or do something. It's just like I need to bring them in. Um, The transparency and vulnerability begins to help get rid of the insecurities. And actually it helps us understand that I'm okay.
0: Mm.
1: When I said that, and said so that to her, I I did feel I felt better, mm-hmm. and it, and I didn't say it to feel better. I said it because I knew it was just an important part of um, life mm-hmm. and overcoming this insecurity and this this fear that I had. But but we mm-hmm. realize as we talk about our codependencies, we talk about our fears, as we talk about our insecurities, as we talk about our shame, as we talk about our past um, parts of our stories that we don't want to talk about what happens is we learn that we're actually okay Mm. as we are. And it, it actually allows love, love to come into our hearts, Mm. not through an external force, not through some external environment or thing. It actually just expands because we're tapping into, um, who we really are. Mm. And and that's why I just pursue health, pursue love, pursue compassion for yourself. If Mm. you're like, Beating yourself up over some relationship that you've been in or some codependent toxic thing that you've been demonstrating or saying or doing. And you're just like, it, it's okay to just have a reset and to say, okay, like I know why I'm doing this. And let's get back to cultivating love in our lives.
0: Hmm. So much of that too is like forgiving yourself for, and having grace for yourself. Mm-hmm. We've talked about this before too. And so, I know I have to practice that a lot, like okay, what's really happening is I'm insecure because I don't really have grace for myself about how I did something or what I'm feeling, and I can have grace for myself, yeah.
1: I always tell people uh, that that being a human being is hard mm. and we never need we we should never forget that mm. It's hard being a human being, and every day we're learning and growing and discovering something new and wonderful about ourselves. And we're also discovering something that's broken and messy in ourselves. And that's called being a human being.
0: Mike, this is amazing. Thank you for just sharing your heart on this topic. And thank you for being vulnerable. Um, I'm so excited for how this just kind of opening people's eyes to what codependency is, how it might play out can start hopefully the process of recognizing, hey, it's okay. A lot of people, both you and I included, are admitting like this happens to a lot of people. Mm. Um, If you're in a relationship right now that this is present, there are ways to work on it. Um, If you've noticed those tendencies in the past, there's ways to work on it. Um, Just like you said, there's no shame about it, but it's the recognizing it and allowing yourselves to like state the insecurity and embrace it and grow from it. Um, okay. So I ask every guest the same last question that I'm going to ask you right now, which is, do you have any final – and you know this because we've done this before, right? <laughs> I, this is not new.
1: No, I'm like <laughs> – I, I, I'm the only guest that's been on
0: twice. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Um, okay. So what is your final nugget of dating advice? This is so funny too, because now people ask me, what's your final nugget of dating advice, uh, Kate? I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> I'm going to ask you right now though. Yeah. Mike. That's
1: such a great question. Hmm. I, I would just say, um, the, the best dating advice I can give is to do dating and do relationships with, um, a posture of open hands, yeah. uh, a sense of, um, I don't have to be afraid. I don't have to, uh, worry that I can literally just live a life of surrender and my, my, my hands are open yeah. and I don't have to grasp. I don't have to clutch. I don't have to control. And I think anytime we're, we're doing that in our relationships, uh, good things will happen.
0: Mm, I couldn't agree more. Mike, if people want to connect with you after today and get involved with what you're doing, you're so inspired. I love your Instagram posts. They're so amazing. (laughs) Um, everyone should go follow Mike. What, how did they connect with you?
1: Um so probably the 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 well Instagram, like, Instagram of course, right? Yeah, well yeah. uh I'm just Mike Foster two thousand <laughs> on Instagram, which I hate that I'm the two thousand. What Mike is it with the two
0: thousand? You know,
1: it's uh somebody else had Mike Foster and so <laughs> it, I don't even know how I it's it's the lamest Instagram name. No, ever. it's
0: not. <laughs> like two thousand, all right. Two
1: thousand, yes. <laughs> but uh but we'll probably be going to my website, Mike Foster TV. Um I don't even have a television show again, it was hard to get my name. I, I can't <laughs> get like mikefoster.com. Yeah. So, but yeah, mikefoster.tv. Um, it has the the workshop there that we were referring mm-hmm. to for Rescue Academy and learn more about mm-hmm. that. Also has uh, links to the pod- my podcast, Fun oh, Therapy. Yes, of
0: course.
1: Which you ha- are on now. Yes! Which I yes. I can't believe that. Can't... Oh,
0: what a good conversation. Oh, man. What a blessing. That was,
1: that was a great conversation. Talk
0: about allowing your insecurities just out, you know? Like, oh my gosh.
1: You were made you seriously. <laughs> I, I we were talking about this before we started recording mm. and top, one of my top favorite mm. conversations ever. So um thank you. The uh, but yeah, fun therapy, uh, podcast, rest academy workshop, and all of that's at mikefoster.tv. Mm.
0: Mike, you're so amazing. Oh, love you, you friend. too, my friend. <laughs> Thank you so much for today. Thank you for having me in your home, for blessing us with this conversation.
1: Well, thanks, Kate, and uh, love talking with you today.
0: Now, I know many of you probably don't want to hear this, but I think a lot of us fall into codependent tendencies more than we care to admit. One of my favorite parts of today was when Mike said, you are ridiculously in charge of your own life. Mm Mm-hmm. But often, friends, we let the actions or the lack of words or whatever it is from other people impact us so deeply that it becomes crippling. I love that Mike says, for us to be happy, it's an inside job. It's not based on external things. It is not based on people loving us or needing us or helping them. It's all internal. Y'all, we have to take radical ownership and seek to find a place of deep love and acceptance and surrender in our relationships. I hope you feel so inspired to take some of this and apply it to your own lives as it relates to codependency. Now, if you want to connect with Mike, you can find him on Instagram at MikeFoster2000. Also pay attention to what he's doing with Rescue Academy. It was so impactful for me and my life. And don't forget to check out MikeFoster.tv and pick up a copy of the Five Dates Workbook. I cannot be more thankful for your support of the Heart of Dating podcast. I am blown away by your rankings, reviews, messages, all of it. If you want to be a part of our inner circle and support what we are doing, we encourage you to pledge any dollar amount that you want on our Patreon page at patreon.com slash Dating. Also, if you like this podcast, would you please consider giving us a review? It helps us immensely and we cannot thank you more. Until next time, friends.